0: And we're um, going to deal with the topic of um, encouragement this afternoon and uh, look at an example that Scripture gives uh, of someone that was an encouragement to the Apostle Paul and uh, try to find out some things that, what, what was it that characterized this fellow and uh, allowed him to be an encouragement to the Apostle Paul. Uh, I think all of us would want to be, uh, endeavor to be an encouragement Uh, um you ever been around somebody that um was just kind of abrasive and you you didn't you didn't really care care to be around them a whole lot and uh kind of stirred things up and agitated things before and uh you didn't dare ask them how they were doing you know they just somebody that's just kind of annoying to be around um you know you love them uh but you don't want to take a vacation with them you know one of those kind of things and uh uh but yet there are other people that when you get around them you you just can't help but be encouraged by them when i was a uh student in college uh there was a young man by the name of nate stillwell he was uh at the time he was 19 years old that i first met him and i met him coming down the steps at the college i was attending and uh noticed that he and i had the same hairdo uh he was a little more bald than i was uh didn't even have the hair on the sides and didn't know it at the time that I first met him, but found out later on that he was battling cancer. And uh, Nate and I became very fast friends, very good friends. Um, And uh, I remember as he went through several, he had bone cancer, and and at the time they were doing everything they could to to solve the problem, and he had to undergo a bone marrow transplant, a very painful uh, uh, process. And uh, I remember he went through that, and there was a lot of hopes that that would kind of purge everything and allow him uh, to go into remission. And uh, I remember when we got the news uh, just before Christmas break that uh, the uh, bone marrow transplant had been a failure and had not remi- uh, caused the cancer going to remission. And Nate and I were uh, serving in a ministry together and had plans after college to serve together in ministry. And a uh, very, very dear friend. And uh, I remember before Christmas break, they said, if you want to see Nate alive, you need to go before you leave for Christmas break, because more than likely he won't make it through Christmas. And I remember going up to the, the hospital room where he was at and trying to be an encouragement to my friend, and I loved him. And uh, I remember walking in there, and Nate sitting up in bed with a big old smile on his face. Came in the room and I'm 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 sorrowful. I'm I'm thinking, boy, I, I got to do something to cheer this fella up. And for about the next thirty minutes, Nate made me laugh, and I left that room. And Nate had cheered me up. I went home from uh, Christmas break, and the Lord graciously spared him. Uh, and before I uh, or when I came back from. Christmas break, they'd sent him home. And uh, Nate had worked on the bus route and in a Bible club, Teen Bible Club, with me. And I remember going to church that first Sunday back after Christmas break. And I'd gone to his house to see him and visited with him. And again, he was such an encouragement to me. And I remember sitting there Sunday night, uh, the invitation time came. And I look over and here's Nate in a wheelchair His dad's pushing him down the aisle. And he's walking a convert down the aisle to be baptized that he had won the Saturday before out on bus visitation. Couldn't walk. Couldn't do much. In fact, some people would say he had every excuse not to even go out and visit. But he loved his bus route. And he had his dad take him around push him in the wheelchair around his bus route and visit his bus route that Sunday before The next week, Brother Nate went into a coma, and we didn't see him again until after he had passed away, and we went to the funeral. And I thought, man, of all the people that have impacted my life, Nate was an encouragement. There are things that characterize people that are encouragers, and I want us to look at those. If you will, look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to see several people that are listed here. And one of them in particular we're going to look at and see his life in chapter chapter 4, verse number 10. Paul says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. I want us this afternoon to take a look at this man by the name of Titus. We only have one letter that Paul wrote to him, but numerous times Paul refers to him as one that had blessed him or encouraged him in ministry. Father, we come to you and we pray that you'll bless the next few moments as we take a look into your word, as we find out some things from Titus's life that were an encouragement. And Father, may we learn to put them into practice in our life. I pray that you would help each and every one of us to look for opportunities to edify, to build up, to strengthen, to be an encouragement one to another. May we learn to develop these graces in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you will, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. And verse number (coughs) 6. Excuse me. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And verse number 6. Paul writes, Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. When he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. One of the first characteristics that we find in Titus's life is that he was one who would seek to bring comfort where comfort was needed. It's interesting that Paul refers to the very presence of Titus coming and bringing comfort to him. And I don't know if you have experienced this before in your life or not, but there are times that we go through valleys that <clears throat> Every once in a while a friend will come to try to be an encouragement to us or a comfort to us and the truth is they don't know what to say. I've sat by the bedsides of people who had people that were fa- family members that were very near death's door and really words of comfort would fail. And there were times that all you could do was just be there. And sometimes just the very presence of this person was a comfort. To know that they were there with you that they were their mind and their heart was, Uh, sharing in the load and the burden that you were bearing, to know that they were giving of their time to be there at a moment's notice if you needed them. Notice that the Bible says here in reference to Titus in verse number 6 that Paul was comforted by the coming of Titus. But beyond the coming of Titus, I want you to notice also that he brought comfort to the Apostle Paul not just by his presence, but also by what he presented to Paul. As he gets to verse number 7, the Bible says, And not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he he was comforted in you when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. Can I tell you this? That Titus was one who brought comfort by the report that he was giving to the Apostle Paul. Uh, it's, it's interesting that... Uh, have you ever noticed this? Let me put it this way. Sometimes it's not always what you say, but sometimes even how you say it, how you go about saying it. You know, there's, there's a, a, an encouraging way and a discouraging way to share things. Uh, some people look at things always in the negative. They always think, boy, this is the worst case scenario. And other people look at the same thing and they can identify it in a whole different light. I'm reminded of Adoniram Judson, who was a missionary to Burma. And uh, had been a failure for his first, well, what the world would refer to as a failure, for his first seven years of ministry. Had not had one convert. Had been in and out of the Burmese prison. And numerous times had been hung by his thumbs uh, where he was on his tiptoes and his thumbs stretched above his head in the Burmese prison. And I remember uh, reading in his biography of the mission board that sent to him and asked uh, what his prospects were, in other words, how long is it going to take before you have a, a work established in seven years, of not one convert. His wife came to the prison to bring the report, and he told her his wife uh, to send back to the mission board that the, the prospects were as bright as the promises of God. He said this while hanging by his thumbs in a Burmese prison. Now some people, God's people uh, would have been in that situation and they would have said, well brother pray for me brother, I'm really suffering right now and Satan's really trying and the battle is really difficult right now and we could have presented it that way. But it was interesting to notice that Adoniram Judson in trying to be an encouragement went out of his way to make sure that he he made people understand that whatever it was that he was going through was not worthy to be compared to the glory that God had in store. At the time of his death, over 200,000 people attended the funeral that had been converted through one of his ministries, all because he was an encourager. He knew what it was to be able to bring even some of the worst conditions into the will of God and shine the glorious light of God upon it. you ever understood this, that there's not one thing that takes place in our life that God does not allow to happen? There are times we read in Scripture that God even brought some of His servants to the point of the valley in order to endure, in order to be tested, in order to be tried. It's interesting that I believe it was Job who said, And when I am tried, I shall come forth as gold. An encouragement. He brings comfort by His presence. He brings comfort by His presentation, what He brings, the report that He brings to the Apostle Paul. I wonder when we come into somebody's presence, and I've often said this, that when we learn principles of Scripture, it helps sometimes if we put those into a question form. Uh, It's one thing for us to to learn a principle of Scripture. For instance, um, uh, the Bible says, okay, let's, let's use this one for an example. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. We all know that that's a Bible principle. And we can have it up here in our minds and know that and be able to quote that, but the truth is, by the way of practical application, many times it helps to form that in the form of a question that we can ask when we start doing things. In other words, uh, maybe the next time that I uh, get ready to respond to something that somebody did to hurt me, then I can ask this question, is my response going to help me to be holy? Is my response, and so I would put it in the form of a question to help me put it into practical application. And I would say that of this particular point, as we look at uh, the idea of being an encouragement to someone, this question comes to mind when we leave the presence of others, are they encouraged by our presence or were they agitated by our presence? When I leave the, the presence of someone, when I've spent time with them, have I encouraged them? Or have I agitated them? The second one we find is in Second Corinthians chapter number 8. If you'll turn just a few pages over. Second Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse number 16. Paul again referring to Titus says, But thanks be to God which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. For indeed he accepted the exhortation. But being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you. Now Paul had asked him to go to the church at Corinth and to deal with, uh, to uh, go uh, and do some, I'm sorry, not to the church at Corinth. They told him to go and do some work for some other things. But uh, Titus knew of some problems in Corinth. And the Bible says, Paul says this about Titus. He took it upon himself to go to the church in Corinth and to deal with the problems of, and the second thing we find that characterized Titus, that was an encouragement to the apostle Paul, is that he was a problem solver. He was a problem solver, uh, and I know this doesn't sound like that would be much of an encouragement, but maybe this will help if I illustrate it this way. When I first became a pastor down in Florida, I inherited a, a, a rather large ministry, and uh, and it had uh, in, in comparison to this one at least, and. Uh, and had a number we had about 50 employees at the time and about 12 of them were staff and it was not unusual throughout the day for a number of the staff men to come and say pastor we got this problem over here what do you want me to do about it and for about a month I dealt with those things and I would go to the, I would rush to that place and I would try to figure out what the problem was and how to solve that problem. And the thing was, it dawned on me one night that uh, they're asking me to come and take a look at something and to use my mind and to pray about and to see what God would have us do and try to figure out a solution to the problem. And I got to thinking one day, I thought, you know, God can as much help them come up with a solution of the problem as He can me. There's no there's nothing special about me. I don't I I don't you know Brother Harold and I talk sometimes about the idea that in some religions there's the clergy and then there's the laity and the clergy are the upper echelon and the, the laity they just can't understand those things. The truth is as Baptists we don't believe that. We believe every person has the same opportunity to get the same truth from God's word as anybody. And, uh, and so I, I started thinking, well, man, it's not right for these fellas to constantly be coming at me and the things that I'm supposed to be doing I'm not able to do because I'm being pulled this way and being pulled that way and being pulled that way. And, and I felt like I never got things done. I just ran from one fire to another fire putting them out. And so I had a staff meeting one day, and I called them in. I said, fellas, here's what I want you to do. I don't mind you bringing me a problem. But I said, when you come with a problem, I want you to have at least two possible solutions that you can offer me as suggestions things that you've prayed about, things that you've thought about. And the idea being that I wanted them to get used to learning how to solve the same problem. They can go to the same God I go to and ask the advice of and the wisdom for the decision. They can look at the same problem I do and try to think through a solution for it. And I will say this, it is a great encouragement when there is somebody who comes along and sees a problem that you're going to be facing in your life and they take it upon themselves to just go ahead and fix it. Isn't that encouragement? It's always a blessing, isn't it? And Titus did this for the Apostle Paul. He knew that there was an issue in the church at Corinth, and the Bible says that he took it upon himself. He was a problem solver. The question is, am I a problem solver? Do I solve the problems, or do I just shed light on them? And by the way, I don't think it's a problem in the world with shedding light on problems, but I think we ought to also look for the solutions I think we ought to always have an idea in mind, Lord, what can I do to be a help? I liked what Keith said this morning. There was a need, and the Lord laid it on my heart and I filled it. I, I think that's a great that, that's a great testimony of character. A need filler, a problem solver. Why? Because it's an encouragement. It's an encouragement. Number three, I want you to look with me, if you will, in the book of Titus. Titus, chapter number one. you have to forgive me. I'm using my dad's Bible here to preach out of. And half of the pages tore out in those verses are not there. So give me more kids up here. <laughs> oh, okay. Titus chapter number 1 and verse 4 and 5. <clears throat> to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, for this cause left I thee in Crete. So this is why Paul leaves Titus in Crete. Notice this. That thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. The third thing we find that, that Titus did that characterized Titus as, a, as a, a, an encourager is that he brought order to a confusing situation. He brought order to a confusing situation. Uh, There are some people that like nothing else than to stir up strife. You ever notice that? Some people almost pride themselves and are gleeful to be able to stir up strife, and especially among the brethren. It never ceases to amaze me how many times uh, usually a fairly small and insignificant issue will arise in a church, and it doesn't take very long for somebody to latch on to it and do all that they can to stoke the fire. You ever been there? To fan the flames. Try to, boy, I'll tell you what, I, this happened and I just can't believe this happened. And boy, I'll tell you, we ought to raise up a movement out of this church. To, <laughs> and they start fanning the flames, you know. I've seen churches split over things like this. But to come into something that's a confusing area and make some order out of it say, listen, let, let's sit down and do this decently and in order. Let's do this in a Christ-honoring way. And Titus is one of these men. Paul referred to him as a man who brought order for this cause. He had left him in Crete to put into order things that were needful. Three areas that we can work on in our lives to be an encouragement to others. When we see the needs of others, are there ways that we can encourage them? The answer is yes. Whether it be a brother and sister in Christ, whether it be another preacher, whether it be a missionary, whether it be a Sunday school teacher or a bus worker, we can be an encouragement in these areas. Do we bring comfort to them? The words that we have to say in our presence, do they bring comfort? Are we problem solvers? Do we come to them with possible solutions to problems they're facing? And thirdly, do we bring order to their chaos? The confusion that's going on in their life. The question I put with this one is, am I someone who causes confusion or do I bring peace? My brother-in-law and sister who occasionally visit over here and they have three three young kids, They, um, when they come, they usually play the piano and sing. Some of you know who they are. I love them dearly. I love to go visit them. They have distinctively and on purpose made it a practice to have a calm home they don't raise their voice they keep everything very very now if the kids get in trouble they don't they don't mince words they get paddled they get in trouble but there's no yelling there's just purposeful peaceful calm dealing with it when i go to their house Uh, I'm hard of hearing, and one of my ears is very difficult. In fact, a lot of times when you guys are talking, doing prayer requests, I'll lean to one side to try to hear because I can't hardly hear out of my right ear. And so because of that, a lot of times I don't know how loud I'm speaking. And there are times I go to my sister's house, and uh, she will say, Greg, you're too loud, (laughs) because they like to have a calm and a quiet house. They don't like there to be confusion and disorder. And I'll tell you what, it's, in, it's a nice thing. I enjoy going there. I, and I have to think often, when they come to visit me, <laughs> mine's louder and more confusing, and they don't like to come visit me. <laughs> but I say all that to say this, does it bring confusion or does it bring peace? Is it something that is just a blessing? It encourages the soul to be around. So these are areas that we can work in. Three things that Titus did, to be an encouragement to the Apostle Paul, and maybe we can put him into practice in our lives. Let's stand together if you're able, and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for your word, how it instructs us, how it guides us. And Lord, a very simple message this afternoon, something that certainly is nothing uh, extraordinary or profound, just simple, and yet so needful in the day that we live. Father, we are in desperate need of folks who have a heart to just be an encouragement, to try to edify, to try to uplift others around them. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to strive for these things, that you would help us to be an encouragement, that we would bring peace, comfort,